0: This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cutmore. We welcome Michael Doyle to the program. How you doing, Michael?
1: I'm doing well. Pleased to be here with
0: you. Well, good to have you with us. and really interested in this topic, and I will confess at the outset, I know ra- rather little about it. I've heard some things and so on and so forth. Michael Doyle is author of a book called The Minister's War, John W. Mears, The Oneida Community, and the Crusade for Public Morality. It's published by Syracuse University Press. Uh, This story really is centered here in upstate New York. Michael Doyle right now is a reporter in Washington, D.C. for E&E News covering environmental issues but he formerly uh, covered uh, stories in Washington for the McClatchy newspapers. And, oh, this is a a long shot. They're from upstate, aren't they, Uh, upstate New York?
1: Uh, No, actually, they're a Sacramento, California-based news organization started in the 19th century, publishers of the Sacramento Bee and others, and over the course of time grew by acquiring the former Knight Ritter chain, uh, so right now, McClatchy runs 30 daily newspapers, but none of them are in New York State. Okay,
0: but I, I guess what I was driving at is: wh- How did you get interested in this story about the Oneida community in upstate New York? Was there did you ever live up here, or this is something you heard about and read about?
1: I was born in Buffalo, New York. Uh, but my family moved to California when I was young. Uh, the Ministers' War is essentially an outgrowth of my own search for my own identity and family history. It, it really began in the mid-1990s when I conceived an interest in researching my, my father's history. He was born in Oneida County in the town of Forestport, raised in Vernon outside of Utica. And um, I began researching uh, his family line, and in, in the course of doing that, I discovered a 19th century conspiracy in the town of Forestport, which became the topic of my first book published by Syracuse. That was called The Forestport Breaks. And I could trace the new book to a day that my dad and I spent going up to Forsport to talk about the book with the residents there. And mm-hmm. my dad asked me if I wanted to visit the United community, which was close to Vernon. And we did, and he, he interested me in the topic, and I began looking into the community and eventually came to focus on the man who fought it,
0: John W. Mears. Okay. Uh, and again, I, uh, the Oneida community, I know relatively little about. I was reading something, preparing to talk to you from w- Wikipedia. Well, let me ask you, because you've obviously studied this, what what was the Oneida community? Uh, when was it founded and so forth?
1: The Oneida community was one of the most remarkable experiments in, in social behavior in American history, honestly. It was a deeply Christian, deeply uh, radical, deeply unusual community, an intentional community, founded in uh, Madison County, right across the border from Oneida County, in 1848. Its founder and patriarch was a man named John Humphrey Noyes, who was a Yale Divinity School-trained uh, minister who conceived uh, the, the notion of complex marriage, which held that all men and all women should be able to love freely one another. Uh, he, he rallied around him. Eventually, what became several hundred people who lived in the common grounds, uh, worked toward a common cause, became very successful business people, and all the while uh, loved one another without the usual restraint of monogamous marriage.
0: Mm. In fact, did I read that he kind of came up with the phrase free love?
1: I'm not sure that that's the case. In fact, it's 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 interesting. He was denounced as a free lover. The people like John W. Mears and district attorneys and moralists who wanted to rid uh, the area in upstate New York of this uh, plague spot, as they called it, uh, referred to them as free love. But but Noyes himself, John Humphrey Noyes, loathed the, the term. He thought it was inaccurate. And actually, while free to love one another, there was more of a regulatory uh, Imposition that um sort of guided the administration of who would sleep with who mm-hmm. uh, so it was uh it was not a term that Noyes himself liked he he actively thought it was an inaccurate representation of what was a very you know complex and subtle way of arranging the relations between the sexes
0: well, I read just him you know a paragraph or two about the theology i mean the the p- point for Noyes was. He came to the conclusion that Christ had perfected things. They were now living in a in a time when uh, people could form perfect societies. That's that's
1: my understanding, and it's, it's subtleties, frankly, still escape me to this day. But he was a perfectionist, not the only one of the of the time. But his his notion, as I understand it, was that, as you say, uh, Christ had had returned, the second coming had taken place, we are living in a heavenly state, and we could live uh, as if we were in a heavenly state of of perfection. And he looked at the biblical um, observation that in the kingdom of heaven there is no marriage as a guide to his own thought that, well, if there's no marriage, that means, and if we're heavenly creatures in a perfected state or a potentially perfectible state, then conventional marriage is no longer applicable.
0: Mm -hmm. And again, this was not uh, the free love that maybe we associate with uh, more modern developments, you know, 1960s or 1970s. Uh, The men of this community were to practice what they called uh, male continence, which uh, involved not ejaculating uh, inside the the bodies of the, the female members.
1: That's that's right, I was uh, male continent along with another principle called ascending fellowship were were key points of of the complex marriage scheme uh John Noyes was a talented writer with a vivid gift for for metaphor and he likened. Sexual intercourse to rowing in a stream, he said, if you confine yourself to the place of uh, of slow movement, you can you know row away at your heart 's content you just want to avoid getting too near the rocks and the and the waterfalls where things come to a crashing end and uh, so he he had this notion of uh, sexual relations as a way to bond men and women together, as a way to give pleasure, uh, and in order to avoid the dire consequences pregnancy, which could be lethal at the time and had been fatal for some of his own offspring, uh, they, he developed this notion of male continence, which was uh, seen as, as deeply dangerous to the conventional thinkers of the time, but was absolutely fundamental to the, to the success of the community.
0: But they they could have children, right? I mean, or, or couldn't they, or didn't they?
1: Well, yes and no. The, the, another concept that uh, Mears developed was called stirpiculture, which was uh, at a certain point in order to, as he put it, breed uh, a superior uh, class of people. Um, individuals, men and women, were, were put together by guidance, not letting romantic love uh determined who was uh marriageable but also but looking at who was a good mate and uh these uh, the result was on the order of 58 or 59 stirpicults the offspring of carefully selected uh, uh parents so there there were children born in the united community and their offspring uh, to this day live uh, a number of them in the in and around uh the united community's lo- location but uh it was a very confined and uh scientific approach toward child rearing or, or child uh, breeding.
0: Mm. And wasn't the idea that the whole community would raise the children or something like that?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a communistic uh culture in in every uh respect and that included uh something that was very hurtful to the to the mothers but uh, nonetheless part of the theory which is that when born the the babies were were in essence taken from the soul mother, and and raised uh, by the community.
0: And the uh, Oneida community, kind of like another religious um, uh, sect, if you will, that I'm maybe a little more familiar with, the the Shakers, uh, the Oneida community worked. I mean, they they started making things that uh, people wanted to buy. I mean, objects. What were some of the things that they made?
1: Well, uh, that's an important point. Not only did the Oneida community... Uh, make things people wanted to buy. They employed uh, non-community members to do that manufacturing, which resulted in a considerable loyalty of the of the neighbors who found the United community to be very good and, and generous uh, employers. The community started um, its experiment relying upon the manufacture of animal traps. They, one of the early um, members of the community had developed a very efficient trap, and that proved successful. Uh, they were also uh, horticulturalists, arborists. They were great gardeners. Uh, they had a variety. They experimented with everything uh, under the sun. Uh, but at it, it all, their initial success, initial business success, came with, from the production of, of traps. Uh, and their their social success, their ability to withstand the morality crusaders for several decades, was directly tied to the fact that they were. Not just good neighbors, but good employers.
0: Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, they they made silverware, right?
1: Well, that's what we now think of Oneida as uh, Oneida Limited as the manufacturers of of silver. The the real success with that came after the community ended its radical practices in 1879, and over the course of the next several decades, took on the manufacture of silver and. Until it ultimate ultimate collapse, uh, some some years ago, it it grew very successful with, with silver, hmm.
0: um, and the the company doesn't. I mean, just to finish up on that, I, w- I was reading that the Oneida no longer makes silverware as such. That's made overseas, but the company still exists here in America.
1: Well, that's a that's an interesting question, and and frankly, one that's a little bit beyond my my grasp. They uh, they went into bankruptcy, is my understanding, went into bankruptcy protection, and uh, there, is some, there are some spinoffs, as I understand it, but o'nana Limited, as the famed manufacturer of silver, is no more. Okay.
0: And the members of this uh, community are, are no more, right? I mean, the last one died some years ago?
1: Oh yes, the the community itself uh, ended its its experimentation in 1879. So of course they're long gone. But interestingly, uh, a number of the of the descendants are still around. And in fact, um, just several days ago, I was uh, at the United Community Mansion House giving a reading for this book, and I had the great pleasure of meeting the the wife of a man named Wayland Smith, uh, who was the offspring of a uh, a very key member of the United community. And in fact, uh, the daughter, uh, Ellen Wayland smith is now a professor at the University of Southern California and has written her own very fine book about the United community. And so there are uh, offspring aplenty and some still stay very close to the community.
0: The United community house is in Oneida, New York, which is a city, correct?
1: A or... uh, village. It's, I think, Maybe technically it would be called in the city, in the town of Sherrill. It's a, for those who haven't been there, I recommend a, a visit. It's a charming, beautiful, uh, eccentric building that's that's beautifully maintained. There's a, uh, it's, it's essentially, it's a, it's a living museum. They have a bookstore. They have a wonderful art, uh, and it's just endowed with this fantastic history. It, it's It's well worth a weekend visit.
0: Okay. Well, we'll finally get around to asking Michael Doyle about the subject of his book about the Oneida community. His book is called The Minister's War, John W. Mears, The Oneida Community, and the Crusade for Public Morality, published by Syracuse University Press. You're listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore, and we depend... uh, on a GoFundMe campaign for financial support for technical expenses and other costs in producing the podcast. If you'd like to donate, and we certainly hope you will, we're getting a lot of small donations this year. It's sort of like a uh, grassroots political campaign or something, and we do appreciate that. You can donate at GoFundMe.com forward slash Historians. 2018. If you'd rather not do this online, in other words, donate, you can make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send it to Bob Cudmore, 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Michael Doyle, journalist, uh, joins us. He is author of The Minister's War, John W. Mears, The Oneida Community, and the Crusade for Public Morality. Uh, And that was an interesting point you made that, you know, I could I could see from the get-go, especially maybe with their sexual practices, but, but other things as well, that the Oneida community uh, probably was controversial uh, in its day. And maybe a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, think that this was a good way to live, but they were able to kind of uh, bend their neighbors to their side because a lot of them worked for the members of the Oneida community. So how did... Uh, Who was John Mears, and uh, what did he do to oppose them?
1: John Mears was, uh, in some respects, the shadow side of John Noyes, the founder and patriarch of the United Community. They both were precocious. John Mears and Noyes both entered college at the age of 15. They both were trained rigorously at Yale Divinity School. Both were Yale graduates. They both were prolific uh, writers, writers. uh, and they both believed fervently in, in the justice of what they were doing. Mears was a Presbyterian minister who had uh, mixed success in the pulpit, but uh, became a polemicist and writer in Philadelphia in 1860 as the editor of a newspaper called the American Presbyterian. And over the course of the next 10 years, he, he took on various causes of of temperance and anti-immigration and anti-Mormonism and... Uh, anti-everything uh, anti that he considered uh, evil. Um, that changed in 1871 when he became uh, a professor of philosophy at Hamilton College in Clinton, New York. Uh, and from Clinton, he was very in very close proximity to the United Community, which rallied his uh, moral sense. And so from 1871 until 1879, Years led the uh, succession of crusades against the community, writing essays, giving speeches, delivering thunderous denunciations from the pulpit, and uh, ultimately and climactically uh, rallying the forces in an 1879 crusade that, that succeeded.
0: Hmm. So he was the man that really uh, caused the, the end of the Oneida community?
1: That's an interesting way to, to phrase it. He was the front man of the crusade that coincided with the, the community's uh, demise. Uh, however, uh, as he himself admitted, and certainly members of the community said as well, uh, he would not have succeeded, or the crusade would not have crusaded, had not have succeeded, had it not been for the internal weaknesses and dissents that had been undermining the leadership of the United community. By the time Mears led the final crusade in 1879, noise the leader of the community was 68 or 69 his energy was sapped his voice was shot uh, he was being um, assailed from within by uh, competitors for competition for, for leadership he was just he was just tired and the community itself had had changed new members had lost some of their religious fervor for the old practices and so Mears led a crusade that succeeded in part because of Mears' success at, at rallying forces, but with equal uh, cause by, by the weaknesses within the community itself.
0: Mm. What does a crusade mean in, the, in this instance? I mean, what, what did Mears do, or what did people do as uh, as part of this crusade?
1: They talked a lot and they they wrote incessantly. the The framing of the the climactic uh, crusade. Uh, which is the framing of this book, started on Valentine's Day in 1879, uh, and it illustrated what Mears did and the nature of the crusade, which is that Mears and some some key lieutenants in the upstate area convened a conference in Syracuse at the Syracuse University Hall of Languages, and they had 45 to 50 leading uh, ministers and editors and educators from the upstate area, and they first... um, rallied their own sentiment against the community and then began to concoct a strategy to assail it. And then over the several months that followed that that conference in February, they uh, went about re- uh, attempting to get political support, legislative support, public support, uh, and and they used the tools of uh, public relations, uh, they used the bully pulpit, they used uh, editorials and, and essays, face-to-face conversation and ultimately the threat of the legal action. So they, it was a crusade uh, uh, conducted through the tools of communication primarily.
0: Mm -hmm. And let's say I was a state senator or something and you're mirrors and you meet me for a, for a moment what, what what's your beef with these people i mean they're out they're out there they're living by themselves they're they're uh, making whatever they're making their animal traps and so forth what didn't he like i mean I maybe mean, i have an idea what he didn't like about it but what what did he think was wrong with what they were doing
1: an interesting question. With regard to the first part of the question, uh, if I'm a state senator or a state legislator, and I'm approached by a, a, a glinty-eyed zealot like John Mears, I'm highly skeptical. I've, I, as a, and in fact, post uh, after the February 1879 conference, there were explicit efforts to reach out to some of the upstate legislators, and they were. And the legislators said, "We've got no beef with the United Community. They've." You know they provide boats, and their their employers are good. We've heard we have they don't proselytize, uh, and so the 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 morality crusaders led by Mears actually were frustrated in their efforts to get political support against them. Mears himself, in respect to the second part of the question, he thought that there was just the uh, pestilential plague spot. He thought that all the laws of God and man were violated by this these radical sexual practices that put a man on the level of the, of the of breeding animal. Uh, he, he had a deep dis, Mears, this is. Mears had a deep distrust of passion. Uh, passion, whether it was uh, expressed in intoxication or in sexual fervor. Uh, he, he believed it should be these passions needed to be controlled and disciplined. So politically, the morality crusaders struggled to get support because of the United Communities standing in the community. But uh, morally, Mears and the others uh, were on very firm standing.
0: But as you, indic- or you indicate, I think, that uh, the community was having its own problems. Noyes, uh, the founder of the community, uh, is having, he's getting older. Wasn't he having trouble finding a successor? Didn't he want his son to succeed him as the head of the organization, if you will?
1: That's right. Uh they uh, Noize and his wife had um she lost several infants or had several unsuccessful pregnancies, but they had one son Theodore who was a Yale trained uh, physician and very intelligent, uh but lacked the charisma and lacked frankly the the religious sentiments of his father. He was I believe agnostic himself. Nonetheless, Noize attempted appointing his son Theodore to lead the community that bred resentment among those in the community who felt Theodore was either ill-prepared for the job, ill-suited for it, or had their own uh, candidate. So Theodore Noyes had a brief and unsuccessful term as leader of the community, after which John Noyes uh, re- returned. But this is a case where uh, I would not call it a sect, but uh, if we were to refer to them as a sect, it was, it was a sect that was def- held together in part through the charisma, uh, intelligence, and firm iron will of one man. And when that man's uh, energy was sapped, uh, there was nobody who could take his place.
0: And we still have situations like this, or, you know, you can see some similarities today. I mean, right now, here in upstate New York, there's this secular uh, culture group that uh, involving uh very odd sexual practices that is, that is under the microscope. Do you think the United? I mean, this is probably there's no answer to this. Was the United community a cult? I think
1: that there's there are so many uh, adverse uh, um, associations with the term cult. I, I I don't think that would be an appropriate term for them. Uh, they it was an intentional community, which meant in its uh, opening days it was inhabited entirely by those who chose to be there. So by an act of uh, will, they had left the conventional society behind. It it, it was a community that had a specific set of principles that were adhered to. It was a community that held together in the face of uh, conventional opprobrium. Uh, And I, I suppose all of those elements had some parallels to what we refer to as a cult. I would not use that term, though. Uh, I, I think that it—I'm uh, not taking sides sure. for or against the United community, but I, I think that they are far more uh, rich and, and experienced than can be summed up in the word cult.
0: And they didn't take in new members, you know, unlike the Shakers that had settlements here, there, and everywhere. They just had this one place, Right.
1: Well, of course, shakers um uh believed in complete abstinence from sex, so they they were required as a function of keeping their faith going to recruit new members uh The Oneida community actually had several locations uh it was as a community it was founded in Vermont uh essentially chased out of Vermont came to settle in in Madison County in upstate New York. There was a uh, outpost in Brooklyn. Of the United Community, and in one other location, uh, but the United Community, in essence, the current Mansion House in in Sherrill, New York, was the the primary location
0: of it. And something about upstate New York—they called it right—the Burned Over District. There were so many religious groups that, that sprang up in the upstate, including uh, Mormonism, as you, I think you would.
1: That, well, that that's right. The Burned Over District is the essentially. Uh, uh, parallels the area along the Erie Canal in the, in the early to mid-19th century. It was the site of a considerable evangelical religious fervor. Uh, there was there were odd, well, let's call them cults, founded. There was the United Community that planted itself there. It was fertile soil because of the uh, strong belief in, in religious uh, sentiment. And the, uh, Joseph Smith uh, was from the rough upstate area. Interestingly, uh, the Mormonism... Uh, primarily because of uh, the belief the early belief in bigamy was um uh, as as despised by conventional political and religious thought as was the united community and uh, was a particular target of loathing by John Mears I mean he he really despised the Mormon church and would write about the uh, united community as if they were just as bad as the Mormons
0: did uh, Mears live to see the Oneida community disband?
1: Yes, but not much longer. The, the uh, February 1879 initiation of the what became the Final Crusade succeeded essentially in June 1879 when John Noyes, apparently fearing potential prosecution, fled to Canada. And in August of that year, the community gave up its its sexual practices that that put John Mears uh, on the pinnacle of, of public acclaim. He was widely seen as the man who had defeated the United Community, and he subsequently ran for governor in 1880 on the uh, Prohibition Party ticket, and he wrote a, a friend wondering what his uh, his next path was going to be. He had uh, high ambitions, and he loved being in the middle of a fight, but uh, God had other plans for him. And in 1881, while teaching a, a class, he was stricken and, and fell dead and died at a relatively young age,
0: ah, And you said that uh, Noise was not young, and he ended up living in Canada.
1: That's right. In June of 1879, Noise uh, fled, uh, held himself in Canada, had some followers with him, never returned to the United States. Kept in contact uh, by by letter with members of the community, and and helped uh, and helped guide them to their August. 1879 decision to give up their radical sexual practices, but he was apparently deathly afraid of prosecution uh, and and John Mears had something to do with that. Mears was constantly in the press talking about the potential for uh, holding Noyes criminally, criminally liable. Uh, the exact grounds for legal prosecution were unclear, whether it would have been incest or statutory rape or or uh, the distribution of obscene literature, but nonetheless, near uh, noise in his, in his as a senior citizen mm-hmm. began to fear that he would be going to prison, and that contributed to his departure. And once he was gone, physically, the community did not last.
0: Michael Doyle has been with us on the Historian's Podcast. He is a journalist down in uh, Washington. He's researched uh, this book, and it's out now. The Minister's War, John W. Mears, the Oneida Community, and the Crusade for Public Morality. It's published by Syracuse University Press. Uh, Michael, thanks very much for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Good to be with you.
0: You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.